When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Off The Bench with Jason Matthews. A look back at the week in sport and the big interviews. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Another big week on Sports Day throughout the week. Jason Matthews here for the weekend. We had a a week where we had Badge back for a minute and then the floods hit and all of a sudden uh, Badge was flooded in. It was just Saturday carrying the can. If you are in a flood-affected area, we hope you... You're doing okay uh, this weekend and everything's going all right for you. Uh, On the show today, uh, we'll be joined by Dragons coach Anthony Hook Griffin. Um, Stevie Johnson uh, is racing this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. He'll be joining us as well as the supercars kick off. And uh, during the week, we caught up with Eels assistant coach and great mate of Sats, Steve Murphy. Steve Murphy is uh, is one of the assistant coaches. There has been Brad Arthur's assistant coach for many, many years. We're going to see why the Eels are going to be different this year. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day, Murph. Pleasure, Satsi. Thanks so, for having us. First and foremost, um, every preseason is pretty much the same. Every player says that they've been the fittest they've always been, and every coaching staff looks at their squad and says, oh, I think we are going to give this competition a real shake this year. And as Jace was saying, on paper, I think the best team – in the competition. So for for you as a coaching, part of the coaching staff, Murph, and also Parramatta fans, why are you convinced that this team could be better than where you finished last year, which was sixth on the competition ladder? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful, but um, well, I'm confident. I probably shouldn't use the word hopeful. I'm, I'm confident that they're battle-hardened. Uh, it's a squad that's been together quite some time now. They seem quite familiar with each other. They enjoy the, the style of football we want to play, and, and I think our style of football matches up against most opposition. Um, I think the game, even though that we lost against Penrith in the semi, and Penrith went on to win the comp last year, I think that gives the boys a bit of confidence too that they know we're only a sort of a play away there from maybe stealing that game, and who knows how far we might have went then. But yeah, I'd like to say I'd like to think that the boys are confident in their in their ability and capabilities now. Murphy, it's funny you should say that about the loss to Panthers last year, 8-6 in week two of the finals up, up in Mackay. I, I actually said after the game, we called it as well for, for SEN, for NRL Nation, and my comment after the game was, I think this squad has probably learnt more from that loss than they would have if they won, if that makes sense. Do, do you, are you on the same yeah. on the same belief? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. so you know, I, as I said here before, I, I think they've, they're battle-hardened. I think that they're, um, they seem ready to me to, um, to at least start the season well. You never know. You need a lot of luck, as you know, uh, to get to get through a season and have your best players playing at the right time of the year. Like, we lost Reed. You know, who knows what happens if Reed Money plays that game. No, nothing against Ray Stone, but Ray, Ray was playing hooker for the last, you know, four weeks of the season for us. And then... Um, you know, we're not getting carried away with that win on the weekend against Penrith because they were missing, you know, a lot of their best players. As they, you know, Fisher, Harris, Cleary, Edwards, like to name just a few. So, but we were we were buoyed by what we saw. Um, 
and and you know we're, we're confident in the in the depth of the squad. You know we've got enough players now that have had a taste of it. Um, it was unfortunate Hayes got injured in that trial. That our our left winger we were grooming him for that position. He did his ACL, and then um, but yeah, we think we've got enough depth to to cover for a few problems that may arise down the track. You talk about that game against Penrith, and you are right. A lot of people say it's only a trial. We spoke to Anthony Griffin last night. He made a made a really good comment where he says any win you should celebrate any win because uh, any win is a good win and but the way that you played against the Panthers and yes you won it convincingly but was it after the game Brad Arthur and yourself and David Kidwell Mary McGregor who's part of the coaching staff now was it was it that you didn't concede any points even though they had some stars out they've still got a quality outfit yeah no definitely Sach you know we've always you know, we've been called flat track bullies for quite some time. You know, like we can beat up on teams and put them away, but you know, we can we can leak points as well and leak a lot of points. But yeah, their resolve on the try line, as I said, admittedly without Nathan and Isaiah through the middle, like and Fisher Harris, like we we're not getting carried away. I like that they didn't get carried away about it. I like that they were pretty neutral about what they did. You know, they they actually expected to win that game with those players missing, and and I liked that. Um, and, you know, it was like, right, oh, let's get ourselves ready for the next one. So, yeah, I like that we weren't overly um, celebratory, if you like, about the result. They they expected it, and they expected to beat them, and, you know, they're looking forward to round one. Steve, I saw a sort of fair bit starting to emerge last year where your big men, like your Paulos and your Regan Campbell-Gillards and Nathan Brown's always had a pass before the line and a really good offload as well, but... There's a lot of passing between the big men, like exchange of passing, short passing, especially in the wet last week. Is that something that that you focused on throughout the preseason, just trying to move teams around a little bit more? Oh, definitely. Like we've we've always relied on a power game, Sats, and you know, sometimes that's just not enough. And um, you need to be able to tip onto each other. You need to be able to promote the ball to the edge when required, without you know, without without it being before you've earned the right. So, uh, yeah, we've we've worked hard on it, but we've worked hard on it not just this pre-season. We've worked harder than the last few seasons. As I said, the pressure will come. When the pressure will come and the two points are on, whether we're still prepared to do that will remain to be seen. But uh, I'd, I'd like to think that it's ingrained in them now and that we're going to play, be able to play both ways, you know, like a power game when it's required and also promote the ball when it's required. So, mm. you know, I like that sort of footy, so... I'm hopeful that that's what we're going to take into the season. Oh, it's got you written all over it, Steve Murphy, former touch pl- Australian touch <laughs> player. It's got you written all over You're it. You're an idiot. <laughs> now, You're an idiot. a player but... that I've been quite critical um, for the last two years, and I think he's the key to whether yep. you guys get through to, at least get through the last two teams in the first week of October, is Dylan Brown. Let me guess, Dylan Brown? Dylan Brown. I, you know, he's got so much potential. You know him better than most. I feel as though he doesn't understand the game yet in relation to why we have to do what we have to do. I think he just is playing off the cuff at the moment, which is good at some times. But has he got to that stage of his career? Has he convinced you that he's at that stage of his career where he's starting to understand his role? I think so. I, I don't, you know, I don't think you become a first grader in your first couple of seasons. So that's it. I think that takes him a while to to get there. And um, you know, he's a he's a natural, instinctive, strong, great runner of the football. But probably his understanding of what's required from the position has taken time. Like I'm confident that 
the best of Dylan Brown is certainly in front of him. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's ready to go this year. And his combination with Mitchell, I think, is evolving. You know, and young Jake Jake Arthur's been really good for the group too, mate. Like he uh, he he really understands the game. You know, he's probably got it drilled in from his father a fair bit. But you know, he's he's a really good kid. Um, and they spend a lot of time together, all the halves, trying to help each other and encourage each other. So, yeah, I think their understanding of when to play and when not to play and all those sorts of things is improving by the day. But again, as you said before we started talking, like um, the start of the year, um, you know, everyone's confident. Everyone thinks they've had the best pre-season. Everyone thinks they're going great. Uh, but it remains to be seen what you can do under performance pressure and the pressure of two competition points. So, But, yeah, we're, we're happy with where we started. I'm, I'm particularly happy with the halves. Murph, it's, it's a player. When we talk about off-season signings and yeah, you've got your Burtons and your Addo Cars and your Matty Dufties and all these other clubs, the Dragons have recruited really well. I, I think one that's flown under the radar is Bailey Simonson from Canberra. I think both he and um, you know, possibly taking up one of the wing positions with, with of course, the, you know, the, the powerhouse – the powerhouse on the other wing. Um, mm. I mean, Mike Acevo, I, I think he's been a signing that's that's flown under the radar a little bit. What's his transition been like to the club? Yeah, we uh, really, I'm really enjoying, we, the coaching staff, really enjoying looking, working with Bailey. He's, uh, he's a great young man. Um, very athletic, very fit, you know. Challenges Clint Gutherson, who's obviously our fittest player, challenges him and a lot of this the speed endurance type stuff like he's very fit fit and, and keen to learn so you know I, I really like what he's brought to the club and you know we're very grateful we got him yeah he's a good player now has there been any talk amongst the playing group or any team meetings about a lot of players leaving in 2023 you got Papa Lee and Stone and Reed Marnie near Corey as yeah. well that you need to create some dreams for this playing group because it's going to be dismantled at the end of the year yeah, we know, like everyone talks about premiership windows and all these sorts of things. I'm not a massive believer in it because, you know, anyone can do a job on any given day. But, yeah, we know we've got some real talent leaving the club and guys that are well-loved in the organisation too. Like, you know, they're, they're some of our best people as well as players. So, um, yeah, that without saying too much, there's been not much discussion about it rather than, other than to say, let's make the most of this opportunity while we're all together. And mm. I think that's all anyone can do at any day, any work environment, any workplace, you've just got to make the best of every day while you're there together and enjoy it. Cause you just don't know how long it, it's going to be together. Now you've got an interesting nickname, um, which is Brown snake. Cause you got shoulders like a Brown snake, <laughs> but is it any, any did good? You, did you give, did you give me that yeah. nickname? Yeah. Got. Yeah, no, no, two thousand six. Right, okay, yeah. Any good nicknames amongst the playing group? Oh, let's go. I like Howie, Howie for Kai Rodwell from well, Bench Warm. Big front rower, yeah. Because he's got pale, pale, pale skin, incredibly pale skin, scared of the scared of the sunlight. <laughs> Don't mind Howie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's probably the best one. That's one of my favourites. Always gives me a little giggle. Okay. Howie. We um, yeah, speaking speaking to uh, Anthony Griffin. Also, I love hearing about the cir- what I call the circuit breakers. The guys when everything is so tense at training and everyone's under a lot of pressure. Who's the can I, who's the guy that can always always break the circuit and just 
just calm everyone down with whether it's a comment, whether it's a practical joke, whatever it may be. Besides me, you mean? Besides you. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, you know who's probably pretty good? Pretty good at maybe upsetting the coach and then calming him down? Probably Big Reg. Reg has got a little bit of humour in him. Mitch is always funny. Gutherson's always pretty funny. Um, yeah, Gutho. Gutho is probably one of the best ones at it. Okay. okay. What sort of hairstyle is he... Uh... Is he uh, yeah, throwing out one? there today? What's it going to look like? What's round one going to look like for Gutherson? No, he's, he's straight. He's, he's straight back and sides at the minute. Mm. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, he's, he's pretty pretty stock standard captain these days. He's just become a father, so he's he's um, very mature. Now uh, NRLW kicked off on the weekend. Great day for the Parramatta Eels. Maddie Studden, is there a statue of her out next to Ray Price at the moment? <laughs> Well, imagine if they win the comp before us. They'll be, they'll be record statues everywhere. <laughs> it was an outstanding result, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It was uh, pretty exciting to watch. We all um, we all sat around and watched it together, a few of us. So it was, uh, it was good. It was great to see him clinch that late with a field goal. So, yeah, it was uh, very exciting for him in round one. Hey, what about the news this week that uh, the Eels... They'll lock out opposing fans and have members-only crowds at games. What are your What are your thoughts around you that? You can't Mark? ask him that. Why can't I? Because he's a coach. You can't. Yeah, well, you can't ask. I reckon him it's that awesome. Yeah. I reckon it's awesome. Coaches. <laughs> you don't want to let those West we Tigers fans in. Yeah, forget that. I heard Brad Arthur. No, I heard Brad Arthur being interviewed the other day by one of our colleagues, uh, Jimmy Smith, and he said the same thing. He yeah. goes, "When did that happen?" <laughs> Yeah, no, we had no idea. We went, what's going on here? What's this all about? So I haven't given it any thought, to be honest. But mm. if we get 30,000 screaming para fans there, I'll be happy. Now, looking up in the coach's box, uh, Steve, during the Panthers, I saw Mary McGregor sitting up the back in a parachute. What, what's his role? Yeah, Mary's um, come on board to, just to help us with our, our day-to-day probably structures and um, just have a look, a different set of eyes, like, I've been with Brad probably nine years now, so it doesn't hurt us to have someone from another organisation just to have a look and cast his eye over what we do on a daily basis and offer some suggestions. Been very helpful for me, you know, giving me some some ideas, and and I'm sure he's done the same for the coach. So yeah, no, it's been good. Him and uh, Mick Innes. Mick has come in and done a little bit with the Fords too, and the hookers especially. So yeah, it's just good to have people that have been there and done that. Um, you know, good guy. back in the day. Good guy, Mary McGregor. Uh, really know, good guy. It's good. Yeah, they're they're both they're both good fellas. So you know, La- we last like week, last week, Murph, we had a we team of way. team of big heads, like big heads on little like skinnier bodies in mm. rugby league, and we had <laughs> Dave Fairley. Dave yeah. Fairley was skipper. Yeah. yeah, but um, oh yeah, John Carroll yeah. was nominated. Big day. Um, but uh, also, Mary McGregor was nominated by some of our listeners as a person that had a massive melon well, with a it. with a skinny body. He didn't He's make a big the... man. You can see, like, yeah, you can imagine. I wouldn't have liked tackling him. Big thing. Yeah, he was a nightmare <laughs> to play. Big thing out there running out wide. Mm. All right. Hey, listen, this is getting ridiculous. I'm going Not to that I made many tackles. <laughs> I'm going to put a – well, weren't you the touch footballer? Yeah, he's a touch legend. Yeah, there you go. You don't tackle in that mm. game, do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't interested. How in many World Cups? Time. How many World Cups did you win, Murph? Just a couple back to back. Is this fair income? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yep. 
That's nice. All right, listen, you World Cup winner, we better let you go. No one cares, mate. No one cares. <laughs> no, no right we've, we've lost interest in the up? interview. Uh, Steve Murphy, assistant coach yeah, at enough. the Eels. Good luck, mate. Sunday, March 13, round one, Eels versus Titans at Combank Stadium. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Bye. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. The St George Illawarra Dragons coach, Anthony Hook Griffin on Sports Day. G'day, Hook. How are you, boys? Yeah, really good, Hook, and uh, congratulations so far uh, over the last two weeks with the trials. Looks like you've got your, your team pretty much sorted by the looks of it. But when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, many say trials are just trials and you don't take much out of them. But as a coach, did preparing for the Charity, Sheen, uh, Charity Shield mean more than a trial for your squad? Yeah, it is a little bit more uh, since, you know, I've only been, this is my second one at the Dragons. The last year we... We got comprehensively uh, flogged, and um, it uh, was a bit, you know, a bit of a, I suppose, an insight for me as to, you know, how both teams approach um, that that fixture. It's, it's got a lot of history, and it, it, it's a trial, obviously, and we play a lot of players, but it does have a little bit of a different feel to it than your, your normal run-of-the-mill trial. There's a lot more, um, you know, intensity, and and I think you know the first half last week was a pretty good quality game of footy, you know, whether it be a trial or not, it dropped away in the second half but um, it was a good game of footy. When you miss the finals and not winning a game after Barbecue Gate last year, is even winning trials and when you miss the finals, is winning basically just trying to become infectious amongst your team when you try and treat trials like regular season games, Hook? I think whatever you win at this level, Sats, it's, it's a good thing. Um uh, 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 old coach once told me there's no such thing as a bad win no matter when it is and, um, uh, for us obviously we were uh, terribly disappointed with the way we finished last year after putting ourselves in a in a pretty strong position you know up to round 16 so uh, that's been dealt with and, and I think the whole club dealt with it really well at the time and um, I'd certainly we've had a really good uh, off season and um, so it was important that we transferred that into, you know, performances going into um, round one. You know, whether or not we won or not, we, we started poorly against Parramatta and probably, you know, put ourselves in a position to lose that game. Um, you know, but last weekend we, we got it right for long periods. So that that gives you a bit of confidence. Mm. I'm just thinking about the club's proud history, Hook, and, and I know you've been there, you've, you've really got your feet under the desk a full 12 months there now, entering into the second year, and it's it's so important at every club, but particularly the Dragons. Um, was there much said or done about in and around John Raper's recent passing and his funeral? Yeah, there was, Madge. We, um, we attended uh, the service yesterday, and, and uh, you know, the whole 30-man squad and the coaching staff Form the guard of honour at the end for uh, you know for Chook's um, you know coffin and family, uh, which was a real honour and it and it, um, it was a special event. It was at the SCG and um, you know the players uh, got a lot out of it and we spoke about it afterwards. Um, you know Norm Proven's passing also. Uh, you know last um, I think it was November December uh, was a big thing mm. for our club as well and we're going to. We've gone on to both of those players at, 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 at uh, home games this year. So, um, you know, it, it, is, it has got a, a, an enormously proud history, uh, our club, you know. So um, 
those type of things are, you know, are held, you know, with the deepest respect. For sure. And, and you know, a lot of those great players, you throw in Reg Gasney, another immortal, and they spend a lot of, you know, a lot of years at the club and all of their, their, their top grade times at the club. And then I, I look at your group of players. We've been talking about this since late last year. You've got this young, exciting group of players, most of them backs, you know, 20, 21-year-olds. Um, how, how important has that been to, to keep them together? You know, has, has that been a priority for you and, and for the club? Because I just, you see these guys, and if you can manage to do that and they, they, they reach their potential, the, the club can just go ahead in leaps and bounds. Yeah, it is, it's really important. I think we've got most of them. Uh, done for at least the next two years, um, so uh, it's, it, it is important. And you know, part of the, or one of the most important important ways of building your list is from within. And if you can yeah. do that, it it, it 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 generates not only your culture but economically, it, it's it's a lot easier to manage. Um, and also, you, you know, you know the players, you know, on a real deeper level because, you know, you've seen them since they were 17, 18, you've given them their debuts and mm. they always appreciate that. So we, we've done that probably, I think, about four times last year, the year before Ramsey and Max Guy debuted. So there is a crop of them coming through and, and there's also a group there, badge like Lomax and Laurie and those type of guys that are still relatively young that um, you know, yeah. have been at the club their whole life too, so... Yeah, you know, it's great seeing Jack Bird injury free playing the rugby league. That we we knew that he could always play after winning a comp with with the Sharks. You found a position for him in the back row. Yeah, back row lock. Uh, Sats. He, he he spent some time in the centres or most of his time in the centres last year. And 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 last year, I suppose the the project for Jack was just to get him back and play twenty odd games, which he did. Uh, he hadn't played hardly any footy for three years, so. Obviously, he had a he had a, a pretty good start to the year, um, but it did no pre-season. It was more rehabbing that 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 knee, and um, you know, it, it, without you know downplaying it, you know, it was, it was a season just to get him back on his on his feet more than anything. But now he's 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 confident in his body. He's he's a different person. Last year, he's had a full off season. Uh, you know, he's really up and about and buoyant and enjoying his football. You know, we can get him back closer to the ball where there's a higher work rate and and more involvement. Um, so there's less pressure, uh, uh, um, more pressure on him. We're, we're just trying to keep keep him to limited um, game, you know, game involvement. And centre was a spot where he could handle without, you know, having to really, um, mm. you know, be under pressure for long periods of time last year. So. Um, so he'll he'll play in the back row, whether it be in the middle of the lock or um, or on an edge. Now being a Rocky boy, you know Ben Hunt better than probably anyone in rugby league outside of his parents. And I'm really impressed with what he did for you last week in the Charity Shield in the number seven jersey. He looks leaner, Hook. He looks he doesn't look as well as chunky and as muscly as what he's been throughout his career. <laughs> I'll pass that on, so it's like that. Um, yeah, he was a chubby little hooker when he first um, in two eleven. When I last, you know, had something to do with him when he first came into first grade, he used to come on and waddle around and and play twenty minutes in the middle of the game. But um, you know, he, he he's a the only thing I can say about Ben. I've known him a long time. Is he's, he's a teammate you want. He's he's a really honest uh, person. He's a great teammate. He's a tough competitor. As you said, he's got himself in. 
is great, Nick. And at this stage of his career, as all you know, good playmakers do, they're at the peak of their powers with the knowledge of the game that they have, and it just comes a lot smoother and a lot slower to them. It's like you know, I suppose playing a game of chess now. They they know where to move the parts and and what you know what different shapes look like. And um, most good you know the good ball players, you know, like the Cronks and Thurstons and Maloney's and that type of guys. It was it was years thirty to thirty three or thirty four where they could really control a game. And mm. and Ben was in that period of his career now. And I think our most important thing is just you know to keep our fingers crossed that he stays fit. He only played mm. 13 games last year, which cost us as well. Um, but if he stays fit, he's, he's one of the you know the, the better halfbacks and playmakers in the game, no doubt. Tell you what, he's one of the best hookers in the game too. I've got to say, stuff he's done he is, in Origin yeah. has been outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Hey, uh, who, who's been the most impressive? These new recruits you got, and a good list it is. Moses Zimbai and Aaron Woods, George Burgess, Jaden Sewer, Frank Milo. Um, who's... who's any, any of those standing out, or are they all where you thought they'd be? Yeah, the bats have all been really good. Um, uh, you know, myself and Ben Harron, the, the general manager here, we we did a lot of research on the people we brought in. We wanted to make sure they're the right people for our club going forward. Um, you know, they can obviously play, but um, we want to make sure that our club you know grows in the right way culturally, and, and they've all been excellent. Um, Moses Surley. We had a big game on the oh, weekend yeah. from from Manly to centre. Um, you know, they're hard workers. Um, you know, guys like um, Burgess and Woods and, and Umbai that have been around a long time have been really great for the younger guys. They've been really selfless and giving you their time and, and um, in amongst getting themselves ready to play, they've, they've, um, they've enjoyed, you know, being around that run, younger crew you mentioned before. And... and um, you know, Sue is a real professional. He's a, a you know one of those hard men on the edge, um, and uh, I think you know he's um, he's in for a big year as well. Mm, absolutely. You know, what has been the, the most refreshing thing for me for the last week or two, and maybe it's happening around the Dragons and all the footy team. Are you, are you talking about COVID still, or is that sort of something we're not even concerned about now? No, we're still concerned about it, um, but you're right. We, we actually, this afternoon at a staff meeting, we, when we first come back after Christmas, that's all you spoke about. And, and that's most squads had probably half their squad infected then, coming back from Christmas holidays. So mm. the first week or two was a battle, but everyone except for about two staff members at our club have had it now. And um, so I suppose, like the general public, once you've been through it, it, it you see it as less of a threat. but um, for us now going into the season, there's there's a little bit of nervousness because obviously if you if you do get a case um, and we've got to travel the first round, which um, you know uh, heightens the risk if you do get a, a case or two, it, it's it's going to affect your your starting side. But we, we've got a great protocol and the staff that run our protocols, and so far we've been able to you know get through most of the post Christmas stuff of our any um, interruption, so hopefully that carries on next week. But yeah. it's still, it's still in in our view, you know, just because it means loss of players. Um, but certainly, um, I suppose the players are a lot like the public at the moment. It's it's you know not trying to downplay it, but it, 
there's probably not that um, anxiety about it that there was six months ago now that everyone's sort of been vaccinated and had it and got through it. Yep. Hook, I love trying to find out who the circuit breakers are in each team, the characters in each club. Now, I'm, I'm hearing a rumour, and I want to get him on the show one night. I'm hearing that the Dapto Canary, Blake Laurie, is a bit of a character. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a character, blocker. Um, yeah, you'd want to put a half an hour aside. He'll talk your ear off. Um, but, uh, he's a good young kid. He's a good local guy. He's just re-signed with us. Um, but a real character, yeah. The boys get a laugh out of him, and he gives them a laugh as well. He's, he's one of those sort of old-school props, and um, uh, he's, he's a real good team, man. He'd be a good bloke for you to talk to. Yeah. Now, uh, before we let you go, we're going to try and get the NRL to host the quickest player of 100 metres. Jason Saab would be from Manly. We're thinking Josh Adokar from the Dogs. If the Dragons had to enter a player, who would it be? Um, that's a good question. I'd be out of Sloan or Ramsey. Um, Ramsey's really quick, as you saw on the weekend. Mm. Uh, Sloan's one of those guys that runs as fast as he has to. You know, <laughs> he, 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 he's he's a real glider and he's got a lot of gears. He, he looks like he's not moving, but um, he's, as you, you would have seen, he's just a great athlete to watch. But, um, yeah, I, I, I might throw Sloan in there. He might be a smoky. Nice. Right, yeah, put him on the list. Uh, Hook, we appreciate your time tonight on Sports. So we've got a lot of Dragons listeners who, who listen to the show, and we appreciate you uh, keeping us up to date. Good luck. Round one, Sunshine Coast Stadium. It is Saturday, March 12 against the Warriors. Anthony Hook Griffin, thanks for your time on Sports Day. No worries, guys. Anytime. See you. Thanks. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Justin Rodsky. You must be uh, pretty pleased with the NRL's decision today. Yeah, it certainly was. Obviously, we've we've got round one coming up against the Tigers. We had three players suspended uh, off the back of last year from a disciplinary point of view, and then we had Harry Grant in the preliminary final. So uh, to be going into that game without those four players is always going to be a challenge for us. So to now have Brandon Smith available, that's a pretty a pretty handy inclusion. And uh, you know, our submission to the NRL, along with the the Warriors, uh, with Reese Walsh, um, was around consistency in terms of uh, comparing, obviously, the, the, the Latrell Mitchell case and then uh, the example here. So the difference between the judiciary and the dis- disciplinary hearings was, was the key factor. And ultimately, Andrew Abdo and his team decided from a discretionary point of view that uh, that they needed to be consistent and uh, yeah, we're the beneficiary of that. So it's great news. Yeah, Justin, for, for a club that's been at the forefront, I think, for a number of years now, especially since... Craig's been there, surrounding club values, principles. Uh, so a lot of clubs, they really look up to replicate the Melbourne Storm in relation to their discipline on and off the field. Does making a submission yep. regarding the suspension for, for an off-field um, incident, um, does that go against what the club stands for off the field? Yeah, look, we certainly were mindful of that. And when we look at it, um, you know, the All-Stars game from a, a Maori or a, an Indigenous point of view um, is such a significant game on the calendar and it has so much importance. And, um, you know, for Brandon not to be available for that, you know, we felt that that was of, you know, of significance and it was something that, you know, for him is a very proud thing for him to be involved in. So for him to miss that um, was significant. And, and he certainly, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen... You know what he said in in the club statement, but he was 
conscious of that. He's still very mindful of the fact that, you know, he's he's earning back respect both, um, you know, within the Melbourne Storm community, but also the broader NRL community. So, by no way, from our perspective, was this, um, you know, making light of anything to do with what happened off the field last year. Um, it was more to say that, you know, Brandon served a one-match suspension uh, through missing that All-Stars game, which for him holds a lot of significance and importance. Was it always going to be a situation where you would make a submission before the Luttrell um, decision, or were you always going to, to go along those lines even before Luttrell was given his uh, his week off? No, no, it wasn't something, I'll be honest, that we were thinking about before the Luttrell decision. So that certainly um, was the catalyst to us uh, inquiring initially with the NRL and then ultimately uh, making a, a more formal submission around uh, the decision and how it impacts both us and also, um, you know, the Warriors and, and you know, Cameron George, uh, our Warriors CEO, and myself and Frank Panisi had been in discussions about that and, and we felt that, that, that a formal submission was, was appropriate. Were you, Justin, were you, was it important that you, you've, you've been seeing Brandon Smith and, and Cam Munster doing the right thing, head down, bum up, um, you know, trying to get their off-field lives back in order? Was that important for you to, to go to bat for him on this? Well, look, it, not so much in terms of the two uh, being correlated together. Like, at the end of the day, you know, we were really big on... The penalties and the sanctions handed down to the players being around improving them as people um, because we know that when they do that, if they get the help that they needed and they understand what the triggers were to lead them to the behaviours that they did, uh, that they're going to be better people, which makes them better teammates, which will make them better players for the Melbourne Storm. So um, we're really confident that we've been able to put in place you know, a number of different actions that will ensure that they... They can do that, and you know, if you, you know, for Cameron Munster, I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the two trial games. He's been zipping around like an 18-year-old. You know, he's my mm. first class. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a new father. Um, you know, he's he's been a great positive influence around the club, and um, you know, he's well and truly learned his lesson. And you know, we're now really hopeful that he can have a a great finish to his career over the next three, four, five years, um, you know, which will be incident-free off the field and he can be a real re- real leader around the club and role model in the community because that's what both these guys are. And even when Brandon goes to Sydney and plays at the Roosters, you know, we hope that what we've put in place for him here in Melbourne ultimately will help him um, you know, for the rest of his career, not just for the next 12 months while he's a Melbourne Storm player to see what he can do. Mm. Right I'm just, I'm just thinking back quickly to that grand final, like that preliminary final loss last year. Sorry, we'll get to cut you off. Um, Craig Bellamy says he's never going to get over it because it was, it was there for the taking yeah. uh, to make the grand final. Probably. Yeah. How do you, do the rest of the club feel the same? Is it still hurting? Oh, look, it is. I, I think that. When you look at the season with the minor premiership and obviously the 19 games equaling the you know record from a wins perspective, and um, you know we probably couldn't have played much worse in that game. And uh, I think that the, the team and the club reflected on that. Uh, obviously, we reviewed that, and there's a whole range of things in the lead up to the game during the game um, that we think we can do better. And so that's certainly going to fuel the fire for this year. 
Um, you know, we did lose Brandon early. We lost Welshie early in that match. There were some things that went against us, but we also were making uncharacteristic mistakes. And um, I think that we've put some things in place over the pre-season to hopefully ensure that that doesn't happen again. And, you know, all you've got to do now is focus on round one and winning one one, And then, as they say in the cliche of sport, we've just got to keep winning to give ourselves a chance to play finals and then hopefully top four. And, and then from there, it's a new season. So... Um, we've got to make sure we've got that mentality the whole way through, and I think that's one of Craig's great strengths. You know, he doesn't look too far ahead. He focuses on the next week and um, making sure that we're prepared and ready to go for that. So it did hurt the whole club, uh, no question about that. Uh, so we're certainly uh, fired up for this year and ready to hopefully make sure that we go one better next year and ultimately win that premiership. Well, that unbeaten run in round one matches, Justin. You're up against the West Tigers uh, 7.30, yep. Saturday the 12th of March. Boys, do you think that might continue against the West Tigers at Combank Stadium? Now that Brennan Smith's allowed to play, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they help. help. Certainly yeah. help, yeah. All right, Justin Rodsky, CEO yeah. of the Melbourne Storm. Thanks for your time tonight on Sports Day. Uh, great to talk to you guys anytime. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Stevie Johnson from the driver's seat joining us now. Stevie, hello, mates. Hello, boys. How are you going? Yeah, good. I just want to say off the top, uh, Stevie comes into the studio Wednesdays uh, for the driver's seat uh, straight after our show. Mate, you look incredible. You've lost 20-odd kilos. And, mate, unbelievable. You can see it in your face. Well done, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's uh, Yeah, it's just something that I got to the point where I decided that, you know, you got to do this stuff for yourself and it was time for me i tried a few things and wasn't really interested but when my, my mind's right i can sort of get in get stuck in and do it right so yeah so we started december the third on my program and um between then and now i've lost just over 20 kilos so it's, it's been it's been great so I, I like challenging myself to try to do it over the hardest time of year and the hardest time of year to do any of that sort it's of stuff christmas. is christmas in the year isn't it yeah. so I, I did that, and you know, it's, I feel much better for it. But I'm still going, so I still got to still got to stay on the on the on the path. Well, I've talked about on air that I'm on a bit of a health kick at the moment. My wife and I, I can't do it without my wife doing it. So is Wednesday your day off when I gave well, you a massive chocolate chip cookie yesterday, and you just inhaled it? <laughs> when you said to me, "Do you want?" You said, "I've got this chocolate chip cookie." I said, "How big is it?" Said, it's huge. I said, "Expletive, throw it here." <laughs> so I, I did. I did have a breakdown. But I've taken some of Stevie's advice uh, on board. I've gone and bought myself Big Head, the the non-carb beer, which is mate. What are the drivers? How do the drivers feel about driving under lights as opposed to during the day? Well, they actually they actually loved it. They loved it here last year under lights. Definitely something different. But to be fair, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park has done a great job in in the lighting system here. They've spent a lot of money, um, and it is almost like daylight you know around the circuit it's like you know when you when you see those formula one races over in bahrain and abu dhabi where they are under lights it's literally like daylight but um much much cooler sydney motorsport parks very similar but um you know i don't know well first of all they it feels like we had half the championship here at sydney motorsport park Mm. last year where we had four almost weekends back to back and then Bathurst after that, and then we're back here again for round one because obviously Newcastle's been postponed with the mm. pandemic side of things. So, um, yeah, I think I think half of them are probably getting to the point of uh, 
feeling like they're, you know, maybe over Sydney Motorsport Park, but they're all excited for round one and, and under lights. But um, the weather's coming in. It's, yeah. it's, you know, as we've seen in uh, all around Queensland and, and northern and, and now middle New South Wales, the rain's been torrential and um, it doesn't look like it's going to be very good here over the next few days. So um, if it's raining at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park at night, I'm not sure they're going to enjoy it as much as they do mm. when it's dry. Now, Stevie, I love a rookie, even at the start of the AFL, the NRL seasons, and all the talk is about this 19-year-old Brock Feeney, and some are saying you could produce a, a Craig Lowndes-type introduction to the supercars. Is it too early to expect any sort of immediate success? Jeez, oh, he's 19, eh? Mm. How young, isn't it? Like, it what just, was Lowndes? He was 22 and, and when think, he won Bathurst, wasn't he? Or, the, or his first... Yeah. Or his first championship? Well, he first came on the scene in 1994, Lowndes, um, in regard to Bathurst and as a co-driver and nearly and nearly stole the race away yeah. from actually my old man and John Bow at that stage of, for his first event. So, um, funnily enough, I debuted the same year in 94 at Bathurst and uh, didn't even get a shoe-in with any of the media. So, uh, Lowndes took it all, the bugger. So, uh, but... You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, Brock's in a, an amazing position. He's he's an amazing young kid. I've I've known him since go karts. Um, I've had a lot to do with him, uh, and his parents. They're wonderful people. Um, he's got the talent. He's got the backing behind him. He's got the support behind him um, to be to be one of the greats of the sport. He's in the team. You know, he's in one of the top teams in the country. Where I reckon that there, there's a lot of young guys racing around the country at the moment that are extremely jealous um, of where on the, of the seat that he is in because generally uh, if you li- I mean look at look at Max Verstappen for instance he's, he's similar he debuted at six, 16 or 17 or 18 in F1 it was ridiculous straight to Red Bull you know mm. like straight into the one of the best seats and that's basically what Brock Feeney's done here and um, I think he will do very very well um, but they need to manage the pressure on him. They don't need to put the pressure on him. They just need to let him go out, enjoy it, enjoy his racing, get the best out of him. And um, I'm sure that he's going to be boxed around pretty hard by some of the regulars in the the series until he earns his stripes, so to speak. Well, coming from the Super 2 series to supercars, is is that going to be the biggest lesson learnt from a, a rookie coming up and basically driving with the big boys? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's like you know, it's and I would imagine it'd be the same coming from you know reserve grade into into the main game, you know, with uh, with football. And it's as much as you think that you're ready for it um, in the reserve grade. And we're talking reserve grade here is is the the Dunlop Super Two series. Yes, they're the same cars, you know, as as the same in in the football. You're on the same fields and you're in the same equipment regarding the boots and everything else, um, but just the people that you're driving around are the difference between reserve grade and first grade. And it's, it's no different here in motorsport. So same equipment uh, in Super 2 to, to supercars. Um, you know, you basically, it feels the same. You're on the same tracks. But the guys around you, they're not one level above. They're five mm. to ten levels mm. above what you're used to. Hey, listen, mate, well done to you personally and good luck this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Stevie Johnson from the driver's seat. You can catch it on the SCN app. Good luck, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. That's it for Off the Bench uh, this week. Uh, Sports Day back Monday night with Badge and Sats. Hope to have you on board then. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Catch Monday.